So the reading for today is the Al-Anon Concept 12. The spiritual foundation for Al-Anon's world services is contained in the general warranties of the conference, Article 12 of the Charter. General warranties of the conference. In all proceedings, the World Service Conference of Al-Anon shall observe the spirit of the traditions. 1. That only sufficient operating funds plus an ample reserve be its prudent financial principle. That no conference member should be placed in any unqualified authority over other members. That all decisions be reached by discussion, vote, and where, where, whenever possible, by unanimity. That no conference action ever be personally punitive or an incitement to public controversy. That, though the conference serves Al-Anon, it shall never perform any act of government, and that, like the fellowship of Al-Anon family groups which it serves, it shall always remain democratic in thought and action. That's now in the chat. And by way of reference, we've also got the, uh, the, the AA Concept 12 and its six warranties. Uh, and I'm posting those in the chat as well. The, the only thing to note, the only sub very substantial difference is uh, Alanol's got five warranties and AA has six. The, the difference is the first one, which results in the numbering changing of the others. So the, the first of the six warranties of AA, the General Service Conference shall observe the spirit of AA tradition, taking great care that it never becomes the seat of perilous wealth or power. Um, to go through those uh, uh, one by one, my experience in, in recovery generally, and it's obviously therefore true in Alanon, is that um, I, I'll give you an example of a particular group I belong to for many years. If one acquires a lot of experience, uh, the danger is that whenever there is a big decision to be made, it ends up being you if you're the longest, um, uh, longest around person in the room that people turn to you. But people always also start to resent that person. So one's got to stop at a certain point. One's got to take a back seat and allow other people to take up the uh, majority of the burden. And I think it's true in general service as well. Uh, although it's a shame, as it were, that that experience is lost to the service structure and that one's no longer serving in it, it's better to do that than to remain a vested interest. And so I think this is a real implementation of uh, Tradition 9. I think it's Tradition 9. Um, the, the idea of rotation, so that everyone gets to take a turn eventually, subject to some training and guidance, of course. Um, and that is what prevents power be becoming excessively concentrated in one place. Of course, uh, you know, various meetings I've been to, old timers remain do remain sources of, of uh, inspiration and, and guidance and so on. Um, but it's much more indirect. Um, the second, the second one. Uh, sufficient operating funds plus an ample reserve be its prudent financial principle. Um, 
part of my Alanonism has taken different forms over the decades, but certainly one of its original forms was I wanted someone else to fix me so that I wouldn't have to fix myself. I wanted someone to rescue me and look after me. Um, and of course, I chose alcoholics for this rather deeply disordered people, which is a very, very bad decision. If you're going to pick someone to do that, at least don't pick an alcoholic for heaven's sake. Um, the, the truth is, uh, no one was coming to rescue me. There was no cavalry. Um, if I was going to be rescued, I'd have to do it myself by see seeking the, the guidance of a higher power. Uh, and so this warranty, I think, is very much connected with um, Tradition 7, this idea of being fully self-supporting through, through one's own contributions, not only financially, but in other ways as well. And also having reserves. Um, one's got to have spiritual reserves because one never knows what's coming down the tubes. And... Um, I've got a sneaky feeling that God knows a lot more about what is going on and indeed what is going to happen than appears to be the case or appears even to be logical. I've had the experience through relying on a higher power of getting guidance to up my spiritual game in a significant way. Months or years before a particular difficulty hits, which I wouldn't have been able to handle without the upping of my spiritual game in advance. I think we get heads ups. Or heads up, whatever the plural of heads up is. <laughs> Multiple heads up. A plurality of heads up. Um, and I think it's only uh, with great recklessness that one would disregard that if the instinct comes to go to more meetings or to do more prayer meditation, or to read more spiritual books, or to do another um, run through the first night steps, do it, because there's some. if the instinct is there, there's something coming. One's got to have reserves. Um, it's no good running on fumes, running on almost empty, and then um, dashing back into a meeting or to one sponsor in a state of uh, grave and urgent panic. Uh, a friend of mine talks about how, you know, that the way most people do recovery is they ask someone to be their sponsor and then they don't call them. Then six months later, their life falls apart and they call them at three o'clock in the morning and say, hi, remember me? I'm the one with the wild eyes. And that's the first contact that the two people have had since the sponsor was asked for sponsorship. Um, uh, the reserves must be there. And also financial reserves, it's all very well relying on God. I'm not detracting from that. But my God, a, a, a degree of uh, stability and order and security, material security, doesn't half hurt in terms of being free of the fear of financial insecurity. Uh, living by the seat of one's pants because God is going to trust, God is going to get you out of the... Um, Maya, when it comes to it, uh, uh, I think is recklessness. Uh, Sister Ignatia, who was a prominent figure in early AA, would give people a medallion of the St. Christopher, who was the patron saint, amongst other things, of travellers. 
saying, so hold this medallion whenever you drive, she would say to people. But she'd add, don't go above 50 miles an hour because at 50 miles an hour, St. Christopher gets out. Um, so God's job is to do what I cannot do for myself, but God's job is not to do for me what I can do for myself. What I can do is acquire a skill with which I can earn money and then spend considerably less than I earn and make sure that when it comes to it, I have enough financial reserves to weather difficulties and to mean that I don't have to rely on crazy people if push comes to shove and I don't have to behave a certain way to wangle money out of people. Um, what's next? Yes, this third warranty that none of the conference members shall ever be placed in a position of unqualified authority over any of the others. Um, sometimes sponsees will ask, they'll complete a task and they'll say, what do you want me to do next? And it's terribly important to pick up the person in the phrasing. I don't want anyone to do anything. If people are doing the program, they're doing it for themselves. I have no wants in, I have no desire in relation to a sponsor or anyone else in recovery. What I do is suggest, and the responsibility is yours. Um, this responsibility was given to me as well. I remember saying to an early sponsor, "What happens if I, um, if I leave recovery?" Um, actually, no. I'll, I'll tell a, a, a different story. A, a friend of mine went to his sponsor and said, "What What will you do if I drink?" And the sponsor said, "Well, I won't like it, but I won't worry about it." Um, the sponsor was not in charge of his recovery. If he wanted to get well, it was down to him. Um, and it's also very important when it comes to uh, a couple of things. Step nine: It's someone else's responsibility to make the final decision on how to make a step nine of course if one's harmed someone something has to be done but it has to be their decision as to, as to the how because they're the ones that are going to have to live with the consequences and it's the same with giving ad advice um uh i've been led up the garden path me being credulous in this i've been led up the garden path by very sophisticated storytellers who are able to present the situation in such a way that a very particular course of action seems the only one possible. And months or years later, you find out that the actual situation was markedly different. And the danger in giving advice is that people are outsourcing to you the responsibility for the outcome of that advice, which is why we must be terribly cautious giving very specific advice. So I have no authority um, over anyone else. I have experience and that's that's it. I, I was posting on a, a Facebook Al-Anon thing the other day. I presented my experience on something and someone wrote beneath it, I disagree, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> probably a little bit of an Al-Anon slip that I responded to that. But what I said was, you can't disagree with my experience. You weren't there. You may have had a different experience, though. I think that that's fine. Um I'm responsible for me, and that is it. What you do with it is your responsibility. And if it goes wrong, it's on your head, not mine. I'm not responsible for anyone imitating anything I do or failing to imitate anything I do. None of my business. I don't even want to know. Um, fourth, that all important decisions 
be reached by discussion and whenever possible by substantial unanimity. Um, in group settings, I've got an extremely conservative view these days about group consciences, questions for conference. The whole question of having group consciences where everyone throws every bright idea into the ring. Um, I'm disinclined to make any proposal anymore in a group unless there is an almost universal recognition that there is a problem which demands a solution. If I think my proposal is remotely controversial, don't even bother, just leave it be. Because it's going to be so difficult to get substantial unanimity. Keep it simple. Keep it non-controversial. You know, meetings are very simple. You have a reading. Someone says some words. Other people say some words. Have a timer. Say the serenity prayer. Go home. If you, if you just stick to that, you'll never go wrong. Um, sort of constantly fiddling with things and then trying to, to politic to get everyone else to agree with your bright idea because you've got resentment against something. You want to fix it. You fix this, you'll be okay. I, I've stopped doing that in, in, in meetings and um, uh, I have a lot more of a peaceful time. That no conference action should ever be personally punitive or an incitement to public controversy. Um I think that speaks for itself. I'm not going to add anything to that. And that though the conference may act for the service of Alcoholics Anonymous, this is the AA one, it shall never perform any acts of government. And uh, uh, at, a, at a particular group, for a while, they had this little notice in the, um, uh, not the preamble, but the script, just before the sharing, telling people exactly what they could or couldn't do with their mobile phone during the meeting. You know, nanny knows best and naughty children. And the funny thing is it seems to have disappeared from the script. I don't know who did it, but good for you. Um, so groups policing what people do in meetings, it is against the spirit of what we do. If people are crazy and want to do crazy stuff, and I don't, or even like reasonable stuff, like people want to knit or people want to make notes on their phone or people want to go to the bathroom four times or get a cup of tea. Just let them. Um, the group is not in charge of the person. The group is there to serve the people and to create an environment. So I'm all for liberty, um, except for sharing, which is why I'm going to stop. So uh, there's the recording. There we go.